Welcome to Unsuitable on Ray Radio, the award-winning financial services and business advisory podcast that challenges your old school business practices and their traditional business suit culture. Our guests are industry professionals and experts who will challenge you to think beyond the suit and tie while offering you meaningful modern solutions to help enhance your company's growth. I'm your host, Dave Kane. With a variety of benefits for business owners and their employees alike, it's really no wonder why employee stock ownership plans, or ESOPs, continue to grow in popularity throughout the United States. That's being said, it's one thing to read about the pros and cons of this type of succession plan in the latest business journal or on the internet, and quite another matter to embark on your own ESOP journey. That's why in today's episode of Unsuitable on Ray Radio, we are going to hear from someone with firsthand experience. Dave Phillips, President and Chief Operating Officer of Architectural Systems Incorporated in Central Ohio, is here with us today to talk about the reasons why he opted to put an ESOP into play. We're going to learn why this was the company's succession plan of choice and what goals they hope the ESOP will help them accomplish. And we're also going to ask them about their experience during the implementation process. Welcome to Unsuitable, Dave. Thank you. You know, as we were uh, getting ready uh, uh, for today's podcast, uh, uh, you hit uh, something really true and dear to me. As you said, look, uh, I don't believe cell phones should be allowed in any business meeting. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, there's just so many interruptions. How many, uh, how many times does that occur? Well, I, don't, I think if you can't go 20 or 30 minutes without your cell phone, you don't manage your time very well. That's probably right. So before we jump into the ESOP story, um, you know, let's do a little elevator speech mm-hmm. on uh, ASI, Architectural Systems Incorporated, which uh, we know around here is ASI. Right. You know, what do you guys, uh, what do, you guys do? Uh, um, you know, what's your elevator speech? Yeah, we are a commercial roofing company, probably one of the largest in central Ohio. We uh, primarily do private negotiated work, many big clients, Honda Limited, we do a lot of the developers in town, and we have a huge service department where we go around and, and uh, service roofs, try to keep them serviceable until it's time for new roofing. We do not bid a lot of public work. We stay in the private sector, but uh, we also do metal siding, commercial metal siding, other uh, uh, metal roofing, and, and mostly just single-ply roofing on the roofs. Well, you're certainly an icon around Central Ohio, but uh, you probably go throughout uh, the United States for. We we have been to Waco, Texas, is the farthest we've been. One of our clients, we don't travel to look for work, but our clients that we do business with, they sometimes, find you. They will ask us to go out of town sure, for them. Sure. How long have you personally been in the uh, construction business? Uh, Thirty-two years. Thirty-two. I believe, yeah. And uh, when did you start uh, your company, ASI? We started ASI in uh, 1986. It was a manufacturer's rep firm, and I was a uh, sales sales rep at the time. And we uh, turned it into a construction company as we know it today in 2002. So anytime you start a business, there's there's always this this issue of succession plan and never quite know when to start having those conversations. And it's not one of those things you roll out of bed in the morning and say, look, I'm going to do a succession plan today. It's, it's one of those things that's tough to get started. How did you get started with, with thinking about a, a succession plan? Yeah, that's a good question. I, um, I have three children and none of them wanted to get into the business. So I uh, decided I had to do something else to figure out what to do with this company. 
And probably four years ago, I started thinking, what am I going to do with this company when it's time? You know, there's several options. Turn it over to your children, which that was not available. Uh, sell it to a third party, i.e. a competitor or a private equity or something sure. to that, or uh, ESOP. We chose the ESOP way. We had an offer on the company in 2014 and turned it down because it was there were too many restrictions on what I was going to do after we sold it. So this is where we, but we thought of this probably four or five years ago. So it's taken the whole, um, and, and I guess the message there is this is not one of these things that happens overnight. You've got to put it in in play several years and, and give it some thought process. Well, it's kind of funny. I was at a uh, conference uh, with Firestone Building Products just two weeks ago in Phoenix. And a guy next to me said, asked me what I did, and I explained to him how we were an ESOP and went through it. And he said to me, yeah, I'm starting to think about succession planning. I'm 70 years old. I said, you might be a little late. <laughs> it does take some time. Sure. It takes some time to uh, make sure you, if you make a snap judgment, you're probably not going to do very well. You know, one of the things that I hear from uh, our clients and friends that are in the ESOP is there's there's this tremendous amount of loyalty to their employees. And, and they've said the ESOP helps me as the owner, you know, give, give the team, you know, an opportunity to own part of the company and some continuity, some security. Mm -hmm. Well, the employees are your number one asset, contrary to popular belief. And they're very hard to find right now. There's a shortage of people that want to be in the construction business. So we wrestle with that every day. And yeah, the, you know, you want to leave a legacy. Everybody wants to leave that. But, you know, our employees are why we are where we are today. I get a lot of the credit, but they did all the work. They did the work. They did the work. That's fantastic. I mean, that's that's great as a business owner that you're you're willing to 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 be the cheerleader for the team. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're right. They're, those are the the team that did it. They, they got did. It. And this is a bit of a reward for them, opportunity. Uh, that's the plan. So, you know, walk me through the emotion of the decision to start the succession plan and make a decision. That probably wasn't an easy process. No, but once I hit 60 years old, I decided that I wasn't going to live forever and I had to do something. Oh, come on. We're going to live forever. Well, you know, 60 is what, the new 40? In theory. But, you know, you have to look down the road and, and uh, you know, I have no intention of retiring yet, but you have to look down the road at what's going to, you know, where you're going to be in five, 10 years. A lot of people don't do that, but I knew this isn't something you can do overnight. And we wanted to, uh, like I said, when my children decided they weren't coming in the business and I learned about the ESOP, I thought this would be a great way to reward the people that got us where we are and allow me to exit on my own terms. So under uh, your ESOP uh, plan, as we sit here today, which is a fairly new uh, plan, I think you shared uh, uh, that occurred in uh, September of 2017. Yeah, September 15th. Mm -hmm. So you're still maintain control. You do the day-to-day -day activities. You're still the CEO and many other things in the company. So you, even though the succession plan is in place, you're still actively involved. No change. Oh, it won't change for a while. My uh, next big uh, project we have to work on is finding the person that's going to replace me and build the management team so I can step back. But this is going to be a, um, we're going to do baby steps. Sure. And it's not going to happen overnight. You know, that's why I have a five to seven year plan on my exit. 
Would you hire you to run your company? I would hire me. I don't know if I could work for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good honest, uh, good, good, honest answer. But so you look as you set this up. I think you said five to to seven years. Mm-hmm. To me, I think that seems like a a, a pretty good time frame to get uh, the management team in place. Mm-hmm. Now, now your employee base. How many employees do you have? Eighty five. Eighty five. Mm-hmm. And what would be just off the cuff, what would be the average length of employment for most of the team? Yeah, they're five to 10 years. Five, okay, so mm-hmm. you have some long, mid to long-term employees. Right, this this portion of our business, the the actual construction end of it, we we are starting our 17th year. 17? Mm-hmm. You know, when you when you explain the ESOP uh, to, the, uh, to the team, how did they take it? Did they understand the concept? A lot of blank concept? stares. Scares? A lot of blank stares. Yeah, the first thing was you're giving us this company for free. And I said, well, yes and no, you're going to earn it. But um, it's it's a complicated thing. And they'll have a better understanding in a couple of months when we get our first statements and they can actually see what they've owned and what they've earned. Um, right now, it's kind of a mythical thing right now. It's a, it's, it's a paper. It's mm-hmm. a paper item until right. they're... They begin to get some funding and mm-hmm. and so forth. So so not only is it the um, you know the ownership concept, but it's also a a retirement mechanism for most of the team. Well, that's what it is. It's a uh, basically a glorified pension fund sure. that they do not have to fund. In the past, we we still do have a four hundred one k that we matched, and now we don't match that anymore. We put that money in the in the ESOP, and it grows much faster than their company match. You know, a lot of times when you hear of employee stock ownership plan and the employees feel, okay, wow, I'm, you know, I'm an owner. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some things I want to change around here. I'm going to make some decisions on, uh, you know, buy this, do this, hire this person. And that's not really practical. No, it's no different than if you own a, uh, let's say, a share of uh, Amazon. You're not going to go in there and tell them who to hire, are you? I don't think. Okay. It's no different. They're shareholders. They're, sh- they're they're silent shareholders, but work uh, on the day to day business. They have they work on the day to day business. They uh, participate in the profits. We have officers and managers that make the day to day decisions. Just as it, the the basic uh, structure of the company did not change from September fifteenth to September sixteenth. So it's business as usual, mm-hmm. job security galore, maybe even more. Well, what you hope they get out of it is everything they put into it. They will reap the benefits. So, you know, hopefully there's some self-policing going on. You know, if you have people that don't show up to work, maybe their own peers will right. encourage them to either show up or go. Uh, maybe the waste at the end of the day, instead of throwing things away, they may be able to reuse things. Take a little more care of what is the property the company provides instead of, well, it's company property, don't worry about it. So that that's right. the hope. And um, you hope that they figure out that they're, you know, when they do a job, they're doing it for themselves too, not just for me. Right, right. You know, after you made the decision and signed the paperwork, uh, did you go out and celebrate a little bit? A little bit. A little bit, huh? <laughs> That's part of that. You enjoyed the uh, fruits of your labor. Yes. So, um, I, again, this is, I, I, I think as we, we talk about this, this is a complex transaction. It is. This, this is not uh, something that can happen overnight. And I would imagine the uh, what I also hear and see is the you know the cost to put one of these in place and administer it over the years is is not cheap. No, it's it's expensive, and 
you know, the uh, way these things are financed is, uh, in our case, uh, my, I am carrying 75% of the note. And every couple of years, the bank will step up and pay me money and then we'll reduce the note. So there's there's an investment for me to stay in to make sure everything works. And they're they're not cheap to do. Now, you you can do them several ways. You can go assemble your own team and save some money, or you can hire a professional, which we did. And they're a little more expensive, but they do it every day. I doubt if I'll ever sell another business again. So, you know, one time in a lifetime, you're you're not really good at it. Yeah. You know, a a fellow partner of mine, Lee Beal, uh, constantly talks about you and the success of your company and and the ESOP. And uh, I know, uh, you know, he's not in the room, but I know he's extremely proud and use you as a model in the ESOP field. Mm-hmm. Lee and I have been uh, doing business together for 35 years. And and don't tell him this because he'll get a big head, but he's become a mentor of mine too because not only has he been my accountant, but he's he's been a business advisor that's never been afraid to tell me that uh, – you know, maybe you ought to rethink that. That's not the right idea, as opposed to telling me everything I do is great. Well, you know, that's a role that um, I know Ray and Associates and uh, our advisors and CPAs um, try to get more involved and get behind the scenes. You know, there's an emotional part of doing this, and we have to understand that. And it sounds like the two of you connected over the years. And, you know, don't tell him either. I think he's pretty good at that, so don't tell him that. He is, he is. We, we, we go way back from when I was first a manufacturer's rep and I brought in my two pages of stuff for him to do the accounting on. And I think he was like, you can do this yourself. Nope. I'm going to have an accountant. Yeah. Two pages of accounting stuff. (laughs) Things have changed a little bit. A little. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know how to run the computer very much? Big computer? I'm dangerous on it. You're dangerous Mm -hmm. on You stay away from that? I try to. Yeah. So you're not one of these guys that are on the phone all the time, are you? I'm on the phone. I'm a Big believer in face-to-face communication. I do not like to solve issues via email or text. And most of my employees know that. And so um, that's that's your culture. Mm-hmm. That's your culture. As you mentioned, um, five to seven years is your plan. You know, five to seven years goes pretty quickly. That's going to force you to really kind of buckle down and look for that next general manager or CEO or CFO to to replace you. He's working for us. He's working for him. He's been here five years. I think he's the right guy and we'll see. He just was promoted this morning to vice president and we'll see what happens. What are you going to do when you step away? You have, you have uh, hobbies and activities or, or, or are you going to stay involved? I don't know yet. You know, it's kind of hard when you're self-employed entrepreneur type to uh, turn the key off as opposed to somebody who works for the big corporation and they put their 30 years in and their money's right and they want to get out, you know, we have to win every day to make it work. It's hard to turn that off. And it's funny you ask that when we, uh, we spent the month in Florida, my wife and I, a month of January in Florida. And on the way home, she was saying, what a great time we had. But when we get back, um, she's not quite sure when this ESOP is going to end and I retire, but she let me know that between eight and four, I need to find some place to go every day. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see how that You're works. You're going to clean the garage every day no, or something I'm, like I, that. I, I don't clean the garage you, now, so we're not going to do that. But you know, I, I play golf and we travel and I have other investments and some other businesses and I'll keep busy. What's your handicap? 
we playing for money? We can. Then it's a 12. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we might have to play one of these, these times, but, uh, you know, That's the, um, you know, the thing that impresses me, uh, about you. And again, you know, we, we've met a few times, but just, you know, from, from discussions mm-hmm. with our team that, that knows you, you're one of these business owners that over the year has, over the years has done just about anything and everything inside your company to make it happen. You know, you mentioned the two-page accounting ledger. You're out bidding, you're out inspecting, you're out hiring. You've you've done it all. And I can see how that'll be tough to step away. I'm not good at that. And as we had a meeting this morning, because we just finished performance reviews, and I said the management team's set for right now. And I'm going to try to rise up to 10,000 feet and look down on the company and put the pieces in place and make it work. And I'm probably not going to be very good at it. So you guys are going to have to tell me sometime back away and I have it. Because it's hard for me to not get my fingers in everything. You might know when it's time. You know, they... I know. You might know. Yeah. You know, these uh, younger owners and we have it in our business, they have a tendency if they're good, they push you out of the way. I <laughs> I assume these, uh, these new uh, managers we have are going to outkick my coverage anyway and probably do better than I did. Yeah. Well, that's a good attitude to have. I um, hope so. You know, let's say I'm a, a business owner thinking of an ESOP and, you know, we're, uh, we're out having a cold one. What piece of advice would you give me? Yeah, the uh, first piece of advice I would give you is to hire a professional that does this every day. Do not try to assemble your own team. You can't run your business if you're trying to do that. I had trouble running my business day to day and we had a, a pro doing it for us. I would tell them to um, make sure you're ready for this. It's a good deal for your employees, and you have to sell it to them to make sure they understand it. It works for me. Uh, I can't speak for everybody else. But the the biggest piece of advice would be work with pros because it's complicated. You know, we'd love to have you back on after maybe uh, two years, three years into this, just kind of check up on you, see how it uh, how it's going, and and knowing how you guys operate, I think it'll be a huge success. Yeah, that uh, I'd be happy to. Unless things go really well, then you're not going to find me. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be down in in, uh, in Florida, well, and you'll Florida, be down a single digit handicap, and we're yeah. never playing unless we're on the same team. Florida or California. My son lives out in L.A., so we go out there and visit quite a bit. And- there you go. Our guest today has been Dave Phillips, President and CEO of Architectural Systems Incorporated, also known as ASI. Thanks again for joining us on Suitable today, Dave. Thank you. It's been really great listening to your story and hearing the reasons behind your decision to pursue an ESOP. Listeners, you probably have a lot of ESOP-related questions. This is your chance to send them into us at podcast at raycpa.com. Next week, we will have Tim McDaniel, Ray's own succession plan expert back on the podcast to answer your questions and to discuss the ins and outs behind an ESOP feasibility study. And don't forget to subscribe to Unsuitable on iTunes today to make sure you don't miss the valuable second half session of our ESOP conversation. Until next time, I'm Dave Kane, encouraging you to loosen up your tie and think outside the box. The views expressed on Unsuitable on Ray Radio are our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Ray & Associates. 
The podcast is for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to replace the professional advice you would receive elsewhere. Consult with a trusted advisor about your unique situation so they can expertly guide you to the best solution for your specific circumstance.